Well, welcome everybody that's watching tonight on Facebook Live and those of us that are here. We're going to take communion first this evening. And um, I, this is the third Wednesday, which we've always done communion on third Wednesday. And today I had said, well, that's okay. We don't have to do it tonight. And then I felt like the Lord said, you didn't ask me. <laughs> so I said, yeah, we'll be doing communion tonight at four o'clock. I told Heather, uh, you know, it's important the day we're living in to ask the Lord what we're supposed to be doing. Uh, we had a, a one of our people, one of our congregation, a really sweet lady, um, Pat Arnold, went home to be with Jesus this week, and that wasn't in her plan, I don't think. I think uh, she went in for something at the hospital, and, and she went on to be with Jesus. Now, I'm sure she was very excited to see the face of Jesus. But, you know, we don't always know what tomorrow withhold, will hold in. We have a promise for our future right here in the blood of Jesus. And so um, I just felt we should take communion whenever we have the opportunity, we need to do it. I encourage all of you to take it at home if you're fighting sickness and disease. You know, you don't need to have a pastor there to take communion. You just uh, do it yourself because you're a part of the body of Christ and that provision's been made by Jesus. And I think we don't think about that, at least I never did, uh, until I heard Brother Copeland once talk about it when he was teaching and said, you know, I. I take communion sometimes twice a day when I'm fighting against something in my body uh, just to remind the devil of where I stand because I'm in a covenant with God, and that's what this says, that I have healing. The blood of Jesus has made a way for me where there wasn't a way, and I, by faith I'm receiving uh, whatever the Lord wants to do in my body. It's positive. Everybody say it's positive. God has a good plan for each of us and in our health, in our ways of living the things that we're doing and so tonight we're going to take communion and I I don't know why um, but I I was praying about the the communion and I just heard this he's always enough everybody say he's always enough and then I heard now I'm always more than enough everybody say more than enough <laughs> you know that's uh, that's where overflow comes in is when we recognize that he's not just enough he's more than enough and so whatever uh, we're facing, whatever you're facing, maybe tonight uh, listening to us um, on Facebook, or maybe you're going to watch this later uh, on YouTube. If you're there at home, you can just grab something to drink, a little bit of something to, to represent the body of Christ. It doesn't have to be anything particular. It can be a soda cracker. Uh, it's the action of our heart being expressed as we take communion. And this is uh, the scripture that I thought of, and I don't even know why, except um, I read this years ago, and I just thought, what is that? You know, if you read the Old Covenant, you see things, words that you don't necessarily see in the New Covenant. Now, we're in the New Covenant, but um, it says in Isaiah, this is Isaiah chapter 9, and it's talking about the promise of Jesus. And uh, it says, you know, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. And that's Jesus. That's, we've experienced this. We experience this in our everyday walk. But it goes down, and it's this part of Scripture. It says, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government. Everybody say the government. The government will be upon his shoulders. You know, the way our kingdom runs is based on the government that Jesus secured at Calvary. We, we don't run on this world system of government. We have a different government, and it's the government that God is God Almighty over. Jesus, through his blood that was shed on Calvary, secured that covenant with God for us. 
And then it goes on and says, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Everybody say no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice. That's the kingdom we live in. We have been translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. And in our kingdom, that government rests upon the shoulders of God. And that government does not change anything except what the word of God says. That's what it's based on. It's not based on somebody gets to vote, somebody makes another decision. It's based upon the truth of the word of God. Then it says, from that time forward, even forevermore, the zeal of the Lord. Everybody say the zeal of the Lord. The zeal of the Lord will perform this. Zeal is a fervor or uh, an intensity, an eagerness. God is eager, eager to perform his word over our lives. It says in Isaiah 55 that his word never returns void to him. It always accomplishes what it was sent to do. And Jesus was the word made flesh. And what he was sent to do, he accomplished. The zeal of the Lord will accomplish this. And I just say that to you tonight, whatever you're facing, uh, the zeal of the Lord. God has made a promise, and his promises are yes and amen. So if you need healing, his promise is yes. His promise is yes and amen. It's not, well, depending on what you used to do, and now you're, you have the consequences of that. I used to smoke. I smoked from age 18 to 30. Uh, you know, I remember when I was young, I was smoking on the way up to uh, the berry patch where we were practiced with the band after school, I'd light up all the way there in a car, burnt holes in my skirt. You know, I, I wasn't a very good smoker. I had all kinds of things happen. And I told my mother, oh, you know, my girlfriend's dad dropped his cigarette on me. My mother at first believed it, then I could tell she was catching on. But, you know, when I'd go to the doctor, they'd say, have you ever smoked? And then they say, well, you know, if you've ever smoked, you've damaged, and I, I'm not damaged. I've been healed by the stripes of Jesus. That's the truth I live by. I be, I'm translated out of that kingdom back there that when I was ignorant and did those things, and I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. That's what this says tonight. You know, we're going to take this, and we're going to believe that every part of our body is healed and whole in the name of Jesus, regardless. Everybody say, Regardless. Regardless of poor decisions that I made, regardless of ignorance in any area I had in my life, uh, it, regardless of times when I just plain did what I wanted to do and I shouldn't have done it, I've asked God to forgive me. I repent, and then all that promise rises up on the inside of me for me to hold on to. I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. Everybody say that. I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. I'm not going to be healed. I am healed. Because that's what it says, you were healed. Not you're going to be, you were healed. That resurrection took care of that for us. So let's eat tonight. If you're watching and you've been fighting anything in your body, any sickness, any attack against your mind, because that's part of your healing. We just receive it by faith. So let's eat together tonight. Father, I thank you for healing over every person in this room, over those that are watching right now. Lord, we believe the truth of the word of God. We may not see it manifest right now in our situation, or maybe just as we're even eating this, the manifestation will take place. But in the spirit, in the kingdom we live in, it is truth and it belongs to us. And we receive it by faith. 
in the name of Jesus. And then the, the cup represents the covenant. You know, one of my favorite classes that I ever taught was covenant. And that's because I had to teach it, but I didn't know what it meant. <laughs> and that's the truth. You know, when you teach something, you learn. And uh, I remember when first I taught covenant, I had to get books. You know, I had to read what Marilyn Hickey said. I had to read what other people said about covenant. The Scarlet Thread, I remember reading that. What a great book that was. But in the process of doing all that, I got a revelation of what covenant really was. I remember when Bill O'Brien said to me at the end of the covenant class, this class should be taught first. <laughs> I said, I believe that it probably should, but most people wouldn't get it till they've got some other word inside them that it can hang on to. But uh, it was just, it was amazing to me. And, and after that, I knew Jesus died for me. And I am in a covenant. That means God is never going to leave me. He's never going to break covenant with me. He's never going to change his mind about his word. He's faithful and he's true to his word. And so tonight as you drink this, and I hope nobody spills this, it's a little hard to get this off with a microphone in your hand. But uh, as we take this, let's just agree that we'll get a revelation of covenant like we never have had before. Because I think it grows on us. It grows in us. And we really need, in the day we're living in, a revelation of the covenant that we have in Jesus Christ. Everybody say, I'm a new creature. Let's drink together. Father, I thank you tonight for your word of truth. I thank you that, that you made a way for us where we could never make a way for ourselves. But the way is secure, and the way has been made, and we will never, ever go back. It's already been done. We are equally yoked with the Spirit of God. We are equally yoked with you. That means that every promise, every word you have spoken over us in your word that we read or by the Spirit that we hear from the Holy Spirit, those words are securely planted in our heart, and their uh, foundation is built upon the truth of our covenant, that Jesus died for us, and because he died, we live. And because he died, we live and move and have our being in him. And therefore, we are always victorious. We are more than conquerors through Christ who loved us and gave his life for that covenant. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Here comes, Amen. Here comes the boss. Good word, my darling. Good word. I thought you were the boss. Am I the boss? Well, most of the time. What do you think? Good to see all of you. Debbie, good to see you. Debbie, I call you Debbie. Deborah, good to see you. I bet your dad called you Debbie. Debbie? Or Deb. He told me Deb. Deb. Hey, good word. Good word. Are you ready to go? Yes. We talked about this earlier today. And welcome to all of you uh, uh, about have faith in God and that it's easier than you think. So let's all say it. Faith in God. Is easier than I think. It's easier than I think. And maybe you already think that. I don't really know. But uh, uh, the, the word just dropped in my spirit. Everything that we do for the Lord that we're going to succeed in is going to be done by faith. And uh, not by our strength, not by our might, but by faith in Almighty God. And we're going to talk about that tonight. Before we do... Um, I think I was in here when you started, but you didn't pray for America yet, no. did you? I, I want us uh, to pray for the, this great nation. 
And I want to encourage all of you, uh, those of you that are here, but especially those of you around the world that are watching, uh, around the world, maybe, maybe, maybe. in Mexico. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. But uh, we, are, we are in a tremendous fight of faith for this nation. And uh, I, I have concern that a lot of people are sand dwellers. Uh, they're good people. They're nice people. They're wonderful people. But their head's always in the sand of good things and everything is okay. And case sera, nothing's happening to me. While the country could be literally going down the drain into socialism and Marxism. And a lot of people say, oh, that'll never happen. That'll never happen. And uh, I'll tell you what. Uh, Rome at one time was the epitome of a democracy and it's all gone now because the people didn't understand the importance of the people. We the people of this great country. The reason I say all that is because I've been reading Sean Hannity's new book, uh, Live Free or Die. It's a primer that should be in every school in America. It never will be, but it should be in every school in America. Talking about the foundation of our nation and what is happening and eroding in our youth today. Uh, and some people say, well, our youth are okay. They're, they're nice people. They're wonderful people and all this kind of stuff. They really are. But youth can be misguided just like you and I. You were misguided when you smoked like a chimney. Uh, you used to say, I kept one lit in case God told me. Well, once you got saved, you said, I kept one lit in, in case God told me to stop. I would have one that I had to finish or something right. to that effect. But, but Youth are only uh, as valuable to God as their ability in the realm of the Spirit to be used by God based on the Word of God that they have in them. And that if we're not teaching and telling them and showing them what the foundation of their life is to be like, they will drift into the world. And mom and dad, aunts and uncles, grandpas and grandmas, whether they attempt to buy into what you're telling them or not, don't stop teaching. Don't stop training. Don't stop speaking the word over them in love, but with firmness too, to let them know the truth. Because the devil is good at distorting the truth. I want you all to say this. The devil is good, the devil is good. At, distorting the at distorting the truth. And when I hear somebody tell me who's very dear to me, I just don't believe like you do anymore. It penetrates my heart. It hurts me. It makes me want to cry. And it makes me just want to beat the crap out of the devil and possibly them a little bit too. I tell you, it just brings a passion in me. And then I think, how did this happen? You'll find it articulated in this book. How it happened, what happened in our schools, what happened in our educational system, what happened in advanced learning, how the radicals of the 60s became the educators, the educators of our children. And all of a sudden you open up, because the devil can't do this without cooperation. The devil can't destroy this nation without cooperation. And chapter after chapter, it brings forth how we got to where we are. But there's good news. Everybody say good news. The good news is I do not believe that God is finished with America. I believe our best days can be ahead of us. But I say can be. A lot of people say, oh, they will be. I think they can be. And I think a lot is going to be determined by this election. Yeah. I really do. Supreme Court justices, all sorts of things. And uh, don't take it as a given. Don't take it as a given that we're going to be okay. It's a fight of faith. 
and we're going to talk about faith tonight. Father, we pray for this great nation. I do not believe that you're finished with us. I do not believe that our best days are behind us. I believe that there are victories after victories after victories that you have ordained for us. But I also believe that we are engaged in an absolute essential fight of faith. And that fight of faith is the fight that we will win if we're fighting the fight. But if we're not in the fight, if we're on the sidelines, we'll be one less person that you can use to accomplish your will. So, Father, I pray that everyone will be activated in the realm of faith to fight that fight, to have the victory that you desire for us to have. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. I started to get carried away a little bit there, didn't I, my darling? Did we not pray for Pat? I did not pray for him. Well, we don't need to pray for Pat. Pat is alive and well. Pat Arnold transitioned to heaven. Uh, was it Sunday? Monday. Monday. Monday, Monday. Monday Pat, afternoon. Yeah, Monday. Uh, uh, went in for or a routine stint in the hospital and um, ended up in heaven. So she's alive and she's well. The service will be September the, this Sunday, the 23rd. 23rd in Covington, Indiana at uh, Sunset Funeral Home. If any of you would like to go, it's at 3 o'clock, Sunset Funeral Home, Covington, Indiana. Pam and I'll be doing the service, and Pat was just a wonderful, wonderful person. She really was. So I've talked too long. Why don't you pray for the family? Oh, Father, we thank you for Pat's family. And, Lord, we thank you that even when we don't know what happened, we know that you never left her. The Spirit of God was there, that she just transitioned right into heaven. We won't maybe have mm -hmm. answers, but we do know the answer. And the answer is Jesus, the Comforter, is the Holy Spirit. And we thank you that you would comfort all of her family and answer their questions and let them know that you are always with them. You will never leave them or forsake them. And I thank you, Lord, that as we go and share the word of God and talk about uh, the, the great life that Pat led, her smile, her uh, just her little voice when she talked <laughs> was always so sweet. And we thank you, Lord, that that's, that's what they'll focus on is is the legacy that she's left with all of them and the love that she had for, for Jesus and for all of her family and her friends. And uh, I thank you for her life. And also, Lord, we pray for Angelou Lewis tonight. She's coming home for the hospital. They, she needs answers, Lord. The doctors need answers. And we know that you're, you're the one that gives revelation. So we ask for revelation in concerning her body, uh, what's happening, why it's happening in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hey, I forgot to say in this book, telling us how we got where we are and why we are where we are. Then it goes on to say, and this is what we need to do to get to where God wants us to be. So it doesn't leave us hanging. Have faith in God. It's mm -hmm. easier than you think. We talked about it today. And you said this message is for you. Yes. Uh, you want to share anything about no. that? or not? You don't want to go there? No. Okay. You want to start out and we'll talk about the first part? Okay. Romans 12. You, you, want, you, you just real quick, like, no, I don't want to talk about that. Okay. All right. You know, sometimes God... I mean, you want to know. Oh. Uh, Morgan, is my mic on? You need more volume for uh, Pamela? Can they hear me on the uh, Facebook Live? Want we'll to speak in here? Okay. <laughs> Say something. Please do like... This is going to be a wonderful want to message. Preach like this tonight? <laughs> Wait, I'm stuck with the hairspray. Oh, you're going to be 
wounded for our transgressions in about a minute. <laughs> for your transgressions. Okay, I'm going to have to talk a little louder out here tonight, but um, Romans 12, 1 and 2, you know, we have to renew our minds to the truth of the Word of God, and that's where the attack is against faith. Because the, the Word of God says faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. Well, if we don't renew our mind to the Word of God, then when the enemy comes, there's not going to be anything for us to fight against. And so we have to purposely renew our mind to the truth of the Word of God so we know what the Word of God is saying in every situation. And um, I was saying to my husband today, the Lord's been speaking to me about some things, but then how many of you know you can, you can get really, if you're by yourself with the Lord, uh, for me in my car or in my office, and I'm really... I'm studying the Word of God, and it just is like coming off the page, and you're just getting it, and you're hearing things, and and then, you know, you close the book and have to go get your nails done, and it's like, where'd it go? Where'd it go? Uh, I believed it when I read it. It was so real, but then you walk away, and then here comes the enemy quickly, immediately to steal that revelation that you've gotten from God, and a lot of it's just what goes on in between your two ears, at least between my two ears. It's not anybody else saying anything. It's just the, the things that God says are so beyond sometimes what we can understand. And then when we hear it, it you, there's that spirit of the Lord that's on you at that moment. And then you leave, he's still with you, but then your mind, what's in between your ears, starts talking to you about what you just heard. And uh, so when I came back, uh, Pastor Bill had said this morning, do you want to share with me and I said okay I didn't know what he was going to talk about and then I looked at the paper it was have faith in God I thought oh <laughs> okay God this message is for me because of what I heard today would be beyond me but what I know is that nothing's beyond God amen <coughs> everybody say the zeal of the Lord <laughs> will perform it yeah and I felt the Lord gave me that scripture it's but we have to keep our mind renewed to the truth of the word of God. Then it goes on, it says, so we won't be conformed to the world, but we'll be transformed. In other words, we'll be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And then we will know, everybody say, I will know, I will know. what the will of God is. It, it gives three words, but that doesn't mean there's three wills. It's, <clears throat> we will know the acceptable, perfect, and what's the other word? Good, acceptable, Good. and perfect. Good. The other, but there's All not the three. It's, it's the whole thing is the perfect will of God. And so I believe that, that we're in that place right now for our nation. I believe it's that way for our families. Uh, I talk to too many people that are, have young people in their home that are every day faced with challenges that we did not face. Some of us in this room never faced those challenges, but our children are and our grandchildren are. And so we have to be wise as a serpent, gentle as a dove, but we have to have our mind renewed to know what we believe, to know how to pray, to how to stand, because our fight is not with flesh and blood. Our fight is with powers and principalities that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. It's a good word, honey. <clears throat> God will always tell us what we need to know. And that then is the word of God which builds our faith that we stand on to move forth to another level of faith. How many of you found that you, do, you go from different levels of faith? Now, faith is faith. I understand that. Faith is a grain of mustard seed. But 
as you're believing for something, you believe for, uh, you know, this, and then you believe for this, and then you believe for this. And as long as you keep pressing ahead, realizing it's past where you are, but nothing is past where God is. And that a lot of times it, it's a, the person thinks, well, what if I fail? What if I fail? We will all fail somewhere along the line. That's when we get up. Though I, fail, though I fall, I shall arise. Matter of fact, let's say, though I fall? Though I, I shall arise. I shall arise. You've heard me say this for probably 30 years in this church, but if you learn from every failure, you ought to be brilliant by now. We have all had a lot of failures, and we learn from every one of them. Now, in, in the book of Matthew, see, everything, I believe, everything regarding faith has to do with your mind being renewed. If your mind is not renewed, you are going to become eventually double-minded. And a lot of people are double-minded and they don't understand the problem. They think it's people. They think it's situations and circumstances. No, the problem is you have a double-minded, uh, you have a double, if you're double-minded, it's because you're entertaining contradictory thoughts. When, when you become single-minded based on faith in the Word of God, you will not entertain other thoughts. But what happens is, uh, this just happened Sunday, and, and it's a silly example, but it really happened Sunday, and if the person is watching, I, it, it, it's funny, don't think anything about it, but uh, I, I thought I did pretty good walking around the church. I, I think I'm getting better every day with my new knee, and, uh, and so uh, I, I was high-fiving myself, you know, really good, and I was leaving, and the person came up to me and said, hey, I see you're limping today. <laughs> I know that I know they did not mean anything by that. And I said, well, I just got a new knee and I, you know, I think it's really doing well. Oh, great. That's great. And, you know, I walked out the door. Now I have two thoughts. One thought is I am doing great today. A moment before the next thought is, oh, I guess I'm not doing as good as I thought. That was their perception. But my perception of the original thought was I was doing good. Yeah. So what happens then is there's a constant tug of war going on in the realm of the Spirit for you to become double-minded. But God set forth that we would have the mind of Christ and we would entertain the thoughts of God, the Word of God, and anything contrary to that, they push it away. Whether it comes from the devil, whether it comes from the world, whether it comes from our government, whether it comes from a friend, an enemy, whatever, you just refuse to accept it. They may not know what they're saying that's trying to contradict what you're believing, but don't allow any input to take away the Word of God from you. Now, in the book of Matthew eleven twenty-eight. This is what happens to many people because they don't realize how easy this is. Everybody say, it's easy. It's easy. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, it is easy. The is walk easy. of faith is easy because Jesus said it was. But what happens is if you get the wrong yoke on you spiritually, then you will not be pursuing what God has for you. A lot of people today just going through the motions of life. They get up in the morning, they have their coffee, they eat their breakfast, they do the thing, they go to bed at night. Nothing really changes because they're not pursuing by faith what God has shown them to do. This is what Jesus said. Come to me, all you who are weak and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. This is faith working by the word. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and, I will, and you will find rest for your souls, rest for your mind. People that do not have a restful mind do not have a renewed mind. And you can take all the stuff at night that you want to make you sleep, and nothing will make you sleep better than the word of God. 
and going to work meditating the word, going to sleep. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, this is what uh, yoke means. We don't have the graphics here, so I'll just read it to you. Uh, uh, a wooden bar placed over the neck of a pair of animals so they can pull together. Figuratively, what this means in this scripture is what unites and joins two people to work together as one. Amos 3.3, how can two walk together, work together, live together, and have faith together unless they are united as one? So we get united with the Word of God. And God says, I want you to buy a land cruiser for $15,000 and you don't have any money. You don't think any further. You just think, God wants us to buy a land cruiser. Now, you wonder why I say that all the time. You say, How many times are you going to tell that? A couple more. Uh, because, 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 you're going to get this. Because I commit to $15,000 we don't have. Brad and I are driving down the street. And Brad asked me somewhere in the process, in the bar where we are, but, but Brad was in a bar, uh, in a bar negotiating for a land cruiser. And Brad says, where are we going to get the money? I, said, I don't know. Remember that? I don't know. We're driving down the street, I'm thinking, God, I know you want us to have that land cruiser. Instantly, I heard Barclay Bank. Hey, we, we passed a Barclay Bank. Driver said, yeah, I know where it is. I'll take you there. Ended up $15,000. I didn't do it. Brad didn't do it. God did it. Because we were walking by faith. Had nothing to do with us other than we could have blown the whole deal by not walking by faith. Looking at sight. Walked by faith, went in the bank, pulled out the gun, got the money, walked out the door. <laughs> we did fine. God did that. That was $15,000. He didn't have a gun, honestly, if you're new watching. <laughs> That's $15,000. What's three more zeros? So, in other words, it's your faith level. Like, you have faith to do what God said for $15,000. Would you have faith to do it for a million dollars? Or a million five? <laughs> a bigger gun. Or whatever. <laughs> or a bigger gun. Now listen, your faith is a weapon. Your faith is a weapon. It is a weapon, and you have to you have to use that weapon. You can't just say you can't just say I have a weapon. Sorry. I tell you what, if Mike walked into my bank with that get up he's got on, I'd have given him the money. <laughs> this is the truth. I walked in a bank yesterday. I had my sunglasses on and my mask, and the, and the guy said to me, "He's the manager of that bank." He goes, uh, "Could I help you? What are you here for?" And they do that with everybody. They're at the front door to. To, you know, make sure who's coming in, I suppose, because of these masks. And I said, well, I told him about my mother, blah, 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 blah. He said, well, could you step back? Because I'm getting closer to him all the time. He said, could you step back, take off your sunglasses, <laughs> and look at that. And it was a camera, you know, so they could make sure that they had a good picture of me in case I was going to pull a gun or something, I guess. So in today's world... In today's world, things are different. You know, they really are different. And, and I could tell, you know, <laughs> it was, I was making him nervous. You know, I, it was a crazy story about my mom and the bank and everything. So he probably thought, yeah, right, back up, lady. <laughs> it would have been so cool for you to just go, stick them up. 
Oh, that'd be so cool. Oh, that'd be so cool. Then you'll have to come get me out of the jail. Hallelujah. Maybe that's your motive. But anyway, no, we, we do have to, we'd have to set aside our understanding uh, in the moment of, of, of the word from God. We, we can't, he may make us understand it later, but at that moment, we have to just act on what we hear. And sometimes that's very difficult to do because your, your mind starts reasoning, just like when Pastor Bill called me that night and said, um, listen, we're going to have a bill coming <laughs> to the church. I said, oh, okay. He said, well, it's for $15,000, and part of it we owe to Brad because I took his credit card. <laughs> He's giving me this whole story. I'm thinking. I said, okay. That's because we walk in unity. We walk in agreement, and I know that the Spirit of God is going to take care of that because he wouldn't have told Pastor Bill to do it if he wasn't going to provide the money for it. It may not be in the bank right that moment, but by the time the bill comes, it'll be in the bank because God is faithful, and he's going to take care of it. And so because we walk in agreement, then I'm here in, you know, I'm here in Lafayette, it wasn't like he's calling me and saying, hey, figure out a way to get 15000 by next week because there's a bill coming. It's that God's going to provide it. Everybody say, God's going to provide it. The zeal of the Lord will perform it. He'll take care of it. If he says he's going to do something, God, then he is going to provide the necessary <coughs> monies, uh, whatever it is that we need, strength, uh, peace, joy, whatever we have need of, he's going to provide it. Or he wouldn't ask us to do it. You're absolutely right. That is a great word. I remembered it, Bill, the day I wasn't here. It was a great word, Pam. <laughs> Bill told me that. <laughs> he said, um, I, th I think what he meant was, I'm always saying that's a really great word, but I'm just, I'm just being nice. No, but, but it's so true. It's so true that we walk by faith and not by sight. And, uh, and I, I don't know what, I really and truly think it's a book that's coming, but, but we're looking uh, many times at all the things around us, the situations, uh, well, anxiety and fear and worry and doubt and all that kind of stuff. Th those things are important to get rid of, but they're all a product of double-mindedness. They're all a product of a mind not functioning the way God set the mind to function. Uh, it's like a car that's out of tune. And you say, well, how do I'm going to fix my car? I need to do the tires or do this or do that. No, you find the thing that's not working right and, and they have it computerized now where you go in, you plug something in and say, there's the problem right there. I'm telling you, the problem with every single person that is, not, uh, that is allowing things of the world to affect them is their mind. Their mind is double-minded. It's opening up to the things of God instead of focusing upon the Word of God and what God has told us to do. Jesus gave us instructions. In Mark chapter 11, if we ever listen to Kenneth Hagin on radio, television, watch him on television, or went to one of his outreaches, or go out to Raymond, all, it was his scripture that he founded his entire life on once he got saved. And that was, have faith in God. When Jesus said, have faith in God. Let's just say, have faith in God. That you speak to the mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, and do not doubt in your heart, but believe that you will have whatever you say, you will have what you say based on your belief and based on your faith. And so we line up with the Word of God continually, and God will come through. God gave me an assignment not too long ago I told you about. Just, just go back and make a list of all of the miracles I've done in your life. From the very beginning, when you 
when you hired Gene Grinnard, mm -hmm. who really was the one who led me to the Lord or led me to Joe Livesey. And I started making a list. And I was on a three or four pages of a notebook. And it's like item after item after item after item. That builds our faith. But if we're looking at the thing that God gives us, it's always beyond our ability yeah. to do. But it's not beyond his ability to do. Yeah, and really to live by faith is to live believing you can do beyond what you can do. Yep. It, it's yeah. believing that whatever it is that's out there that you've seen, that God's given you the eyes to see, it can be accomplished. But it's by faith. It's yeah. not going to be by our works. You know, uh, I remember when Pastor Billy Joe was building our building out there in Tulsa. Um, you know, he would see things um, that were that, that God would give him about situations and circumstances. I remember one time there was a building, it was an OREA building at that time. It's going to be available. Nobody knew it. But God woke him up in the night and told him about it. And the Lord said, act on it now. And so the next morning he picked up the phone and called. And they said, how did you... How did you even know this yeah. was happening? Because it's never been advertised. And at that time, ORU, the devil really had come after ORU, after President Roberts started trying to build that city of faith. And they had bills, and they were going to have to uh, give up the property in exchange mm -hmm. for payment of all of these bills so yeah. that they could get back even. And, um, and so the Lord <coughs> wanted to rescue that facility. Everybody say, the Lord wanted it. The Lord wanted it. It belonged to the Lord. It started out the Lord's. And, and it was trying to be stolen by the devil. And so Billy Joe called. Long story short, he had to get this much money in like three months. And they got that much money in three months, and it was rescued. <coughs> that building was rescued. Victory held it until just not about a year ago, OREA, ORU, was able to get it back, buy it back, and they released it. At the same time, they were adding a whole new part to their building. And Paul said, just this week at Word Explosion, the son said, I was going, I was looking through papers, and I found my dad's blueprint for what we're building now. Yeah. And he just began to weep. He said, my dad saw this yeah. way back, and now we're doing it. In the meantime, this OREA building that's changed hands, only because of this, Billy Joe picked up the phone and he called. Yeah. Everybody say, by faith. By faith. He did that a lot. <laughs> and it caused our administrative team to just suck air. <laughs> I mean, you know, they would be like, what? You know, I mean, he didn't call up everybody to find out. When he heard it, he did it. But it was critical because they were getting ready to sign the deal that the other company would have got it. But Billy Joe slipped right in there, and they let him have it. Yeah. So, you know, there's things that God has for us that we don't even, can't even comprehend, but we have to act on the word immediately. We can't, we can't put it aside. Because God, his anointing <coughs> is on that word for right then. Yeah. It's just like when you get a word in a service for healing. You can't, you can't say, I'll get it at the end, Lord. Yeah, that's you right. have to stop right then mm -hmm. and do it. That's right. And let God do what he wants to do. He's faithful to He, he will perform his work. Yeah, yeah. That, that is, that, some of those experiences are just awesome out there. Hebrews 11.6 says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. It isn't that he's a taskmaster and he, and he says, you've got to be by faith or I won't love you or whatever. No, 
he loves to give. He loves for everything he has for us to come flowing through, and it flows by faith. It's, it's, like, it's like going up to a vending machine and putting, uh, touching something, and it starts to work. I was thinking about the car dealership where we go. Uh, everything is free down there when they charge you a fortune to fix your car, but that's okay. Uh, the Coke is free and so are the snacks. But you just punch a button, it all comes out. If you don't punch the button, you don't get anything. That's what faith is. That it was is $435 it is. for that free Coke and snack you had. It's a heck of a deal. It's a heck of a deal. And they're so friendly as they take your money. And we just go right along with it. Thank you so much. And you got to drive two hours to pay them the money. <laughs> but, but anyway, faith pleases God. And because he loves to give things. I was thinking of another Billy Joe story. I just, we have many of them, can't tell them all. But he's driving down the street one day and he sees a, uh, 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 a building uh, where they're selling uh, log cabins sitting on the corner. We were talking about that earlier today. And uh, so he goes back to church and he tells the associate pastor at the time, we weren't there, we had already come back here, but tells the associate pastor, Bruce, he says, hey, uh, down there, so-and-so, there's, a, there's a, a log cabin down there, and I, I, I think they might be wanting to give that away. We go down and talk to them. And so, so Bruce, <laughs> so Pastor, he goes down there, and he says, uh, hey, that log cabin out there, I, I heard you guys might be wanting to give that away. He says, oh, who told you that? We're not giving that thing away. We're selling it. And so he got back in his car, and he says, well, I know that's what the pastor says. Well, I don't know, so I went back. And I told Pastor Billy Joe, he said, ah, they, they, they just want to sell it. They don't want to give it away. He said, ah, I don't know. And, and so fast forward a few weeks, the company calls Bruce and says, hey, are you the guy that, that asked if we were going to give that away? He said, yeah. I said, well, we've been thinking about that. He said, come on down and talk to us. And they went down and talked to us. They needed the tax write-off. They gave it to them. Billy Joe was a visionary who walked by faith and not by sight. But he made a mistake at one time. He made a mistake by trying to build a church that he thought was the right thing to do and had a lot of people supporting him and bought all the hardware and everything for it. And God woke him up in the middle of the night and said, this is not the direction I want you to go. Had a $3 million debt, $3 million, and they couldn't pay the debt load. And Billy Joe said, I made a mistake. Everybody say, I made a mistake. Amen. That's not the time to stop. That's the time to regroup and go on. And he said, God is going to send somebody to take care of us. And in one moment of one day, Sam Walton drove down the street, saw the building, found out the situation, and said, give them $3.1 million. And the church went from a $3 million debt to $100,000 in the bank. Yes, but he gave away. He gave something away. Uh, yeah, yeah. Tell, tell, <laughs> yeah, tell him about the tent. He felt like he was supposed to plant a tent that they had. <laughs> we were in that tent. He got, he got the, the idea of it, uh, you know, thinking it would be a big help, but in the end, it wasn't exactly what we were supposed to do. I thought that was the, the thing he got for the church. Yeah. And um, so God told him he'd made a mistake, but th what God told him to do was to give it. To a missionary in another country. Well, he told the board that's what he wanted to do. They thought it should be sold. They finally came to an agreement, and he was going to give it away. When he was going <coughs> to give it away, he talked to the guy who was going to give it away to in Guatemala, and he said, well, really, I need two small tents. I don't need that great big thing. 
And he said, oh, okay. So then he had to go back and say, we're going to sell it, but we're going to get two new tents, and we're going to send them. And then he had to ship it, which cost almost more than the tent to get it shipped to go down there. But he did all of that. You know, when you sow, when you sow according to what God's telling you, then your faith is released for you to see the miracles that God wants to do. God is all about sowing and reaping, and faith works that way. You get the word, you sow into it, and then God reaps the harvest of what you heard. It's really a great deal. We just do what God said, and we are so sensitive in the realm of the Spirit, and God does the rest. He causes it supernaturally to happen. <clears throat> Ephesians, Ephesians chapter uh, uh, Six. 6, verse 16, is a really powerful scripture. It's talking about the whole armor of God in that whole section. But it says, above all, above everything it's talking about, take the shield of faith which will be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one. I don't know exactly how this works, but I believe that for the rest of our lives, we're going to be subject to fiery darts. They're going to be coming. But if you have a shield of faith up, Talking about your mind. You have a shield of faith up. Those, those darts are not going to penetrate through to your mind to get you to go in a conflicting area to the Word of God. But if they happen to and think, wait a minute, I just entertained a thought that's contrary to the Word of God, and you pull that out. I am not anxious. I am not fearful. I am not sick. I am healed. I have the mind of Christ. I have all of the resources God has available for me. I can do all things through Christ. I have the abundance because of the kingdom of God is furnishing and paying for everything that I'm doing if we just get in line with what he has to say. It's all about faith. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 says that we are bombarded by the devil, but we take captive every thought. Now think about this just for a moment. If your mind is going to stay renewed, then you're going to have to get rid of every thought that is contrary to faith for God calling you and telling you what yes. to do. And so we get so tenacious that the minute that thought comes, we cast that down. Thoughts come from all sorts of people and all sorts of direction. They come through the air. They come through powers and principalities of darkness. They'll come through your friends. Not intentionally, but they'll say things that will try to, well, how can you do this? Well, how can you do that? Uh, Sometimes when Pam and I are talking about things, I have to be careful not to kick in to understanding based on what she's telling me. And, con and conversely, uh, she has to be careful not to kick into trying to understand and pin me down or me pin her down on how you're going to do what you're saying because you don't know how you're going to do it, but you know who's going to do it. Does that make sense to all of you? It, let's just say, I don't know how it's going to be done. I don't know how it's going to be done. But I know who's going to do it. But I know who's going to do it. And that we get so tenacious in the faith because otherwise we'll become double-minded. And, and, and I was telling you this story not too long ago, but about when we first started this church. Now, it seems silly now. But Sue O'Brien had found us a, a, a great location, the lower level. Some people tried to refer to it as a basement, but it was the lower level of a bank. And, uh, it had and windows. That <clears throat> made it a lower level. And at the time... Uh, I'm not sure, but I think it was $500 a month. Now, that seems awfully insignificant to us today. We did not have $500 a month. I was going to have to sign my name for $500 a month. And Sue said, <clears throat> the guy, the president is all for it, no problem at all. And in my spirit, this is what I heard. Meet with the president. I thought, well, Sue says I don't need to. It's already a done deal. 
We didn't have to meet with them, but let's meet with the president. So talked to Sue, and she set up the meeting. And we sat down, met with the president. And, and I said, well, I don't know what to say. And I said, well, I just wanted you to know what kind of church we were. So I know about that kind of church and all. And he ended up attending our church. And uh, he said, this is really fine and all. And I said, well, this is kind of a waste of time to come over here. But I felt like I was supposed to do it. And then he said, by the way, let me help you out. He wrote a $500 check and handed it to me, which helped us remodel the basement. God had orchestrated that. I didn't know why we were meeting with him, but God knew. We don't have to be super smart to walk no, by faith. No. That was proven. actually our first offering. Yeah. Uh, God took care of what we needed. Yeah. 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 I've proven you don't have to be super smart to walk by faith. Oh, no. All we you are gotta, a perfect example of that. All you got to do. 1 Peter 5, 8 through 10 says the devil is walking around as a, as, as a, what's he walking around as? As a roaring lion. As a roaring lion, seeking whom he may destroy. He can destroy anyone who's double-minded. Yeah. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, pay attention. Pay attention. You know, I heard this today. You know, uh, Sue in our prayer time today uh, said, we cannot falter between two opinions. You know, we were praying time to stop faltering between two opinions yes and then tonight Great as i word. was coming out here i felt like the lord said my my word is not an opinion <laughs> that's good that's good i thought oh <laughs> you know we falter between the word of the lord and opinions because anything that's not god is an opinion yep i mean if it's not the word god gave then it's an opinion now, there's nothing wrong with people having opinions on things because sometimes I've heard people share things and it's like, wow, that, you know, it like bears witness with my spirit. It is somebody, God's using them to give a word, you know, so not everything people say is an opinion. But if you have the word of God and other words come that are uh, to pull you a different way, there's only one word that's true. And it's not an opinion. It's a command. The word of God is a command. And uh, so I, I thought, isn't that interesting? You know, when, when we get a word from the Lord, sometimes then we want to get the counsel of people. <clears throat> I remember I only heard Brother Copeland one time in Tulsa. He was at a Kenneth Hagen meeting, and we never got to go over there because we were all so busy with all our own meetings. And so we never really got over there, but we were over there. They were doing a camp meeting type meeting, and it was on the old campus at Rama in the, one of the older buildings. And Copeland was speaking, and he said, once you know, you can get counsel until you know that you know. Once you know that you know, do it. Yes. Don't look for counsel. Yes. Because what you'll do then is it'll, it will try to pull you. Uh, some will say yes, some will <coughs> say no. You know, and either way, you're going then with what people <coughs> say instead of what God said. Yep. So you get all the counsel you can, but once you know, he said, that's when you move. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I think uh, when Bill tells that story about in the Sudan, I know that it wasn't about the 15,000. It was about the impossibility yeah. of the 15,000. It wasn't that they didn't have 15,000. It was the impossibility of getting $15,000 to do that. And all of that transpired to prove to me uh, as his wife that with God, all things are possible. Yeah. There is nothing impossible yeah. to him who believes. 
That's Mark chapter 9. Yeah. And so, you know, and then that, that gentleman in that story says, well, help me with my unbelief. Well, if you ask God, he will help you. Yeah. He, he <clears throat> helps me. He helps us where we are wavering a little bit, but there's only one truth, and it's what the Word of God says. There is no other version of the truth, <laughs> which a lot of people today would like to convince you of another version of a truth. You know, that may be true, but let me tell you what I think is true. Well, if it's not the Word of God, it's an opinion. It's an opinion. You know, <clears throat> as you were sharing that, uh, I was thinking about how Billy Joe would always uh, come around and talk to you. Not talk to you. He was not much no. for chatter. But, but when you were around him, he'd say, Pam, what's the Lord saying to you today? Bill, what's the Holy Spirit speaking to you today? He didn't want to chitter-chatter with you. If you didn't know what God was saying, he was moving on. You ducked before he got there. <laughs> Truly, that's what I did. Did you do that? Oh, he's, yeah. He may be watching tonight. Are yeah, he's listening from heaven. Billy Joe, did you Billy hear Joe that? already knows. But if I, if, if I saw him coming, I knew what he was going to say. You could tell by his walk. It was so intense. His eyes were way ahead of him. And it was like having a clue what God said. <laughs> so, you know, it was like, just don't say anything. <laughs> just, hi, Billy Joe. Hi, Pastor. Uh, because that's, that's the only thing that he let come into his sphere of uh, hearing as he walked about the building. I mean, that, that was the way he was. But when you lead at that level and you're leading carrying that kind of a vision, you, you have to really guard your heart and your mind because the enemy will use it to try to stop what he's trying to do. <laughs> yes. We could sp spend a couple of weeks talking about Billy Joe. Uh, how many of you realize that you can, if you're not single-minded and focused upon the things of God, you can be intimidated? Let me see the hands of people. And, and this is an area where we are responsible for it. And, and, and if you allow what other people to think, Proverbs 29, 25 says that the fear of man is a snare. And, and that you, well, what will they think if, nope, the minute you know what God says to do, you do it. And uh, you've all heard, heard my story about how we had a meeting one time with, with Pastor and we were moving the church from the Maybe Center to Christ Chapel. And that at that time, um, uh, we'd done it before, and every time we did, the attendance fell through the roof, uh, through the floor. And, uh, and we're in this meeting, and, and a couple of the people that were pretty important in the meeting said, we sh I, we, let's not tell the congregation. Let's just have all these vehicles down here, and we'll pick the, when the people come, we'll have signs up for the Sunday service, and we'll shuttle them up to the Christ Chapel uh, where we were married. And... Uh, Kennedy Chapel, but Tri Chapel, and, and that we'll shuttle them all up there, and uh, that, that way the, the, the numbers will stay strong. And everybody's sitting there. It was agreement. Billy Joe just sitting there. It was an agreement. And uh, I didn't say a word. And, and finally, Billy Joe, and I, I knew what I heard, but I didn't say a word. Nobody asked me anything. And Billy Joe said, well, Bill, you haven't said anything. I knew what I heard. Everybody say, I know what I hear. I know what I hear. You know what you hear. And if you let somebody intimidate you, 
you won't bring forth the will of God in that situation. And I just sat there for a second. I said, what, what do you think, Bill? I said, well, I think the reason we wouldn't tell them would be fear. Fear of the attendance going down and fear of the finances involved with the offering. Yeah. I don't think God would ever lead us by fear. But whatever everybody wants to do, I'll, I'll be fine with it and sit back. All the guys who had just shared were my friends. They were looking at me like they weren't my friends. They were looking at me like, who in the, are you? And Billy Joe just sat there and stared at me. Just I know what he's doing. He was determining whether or not that was of the spirit or of the flesh. You have to do the same thing. Everybody say, I have to do the same thing. I have to do the same thing. We entertain a lot of thoughts from people that we shouldn't be entertaining thoughts from because you know immediately it's from the flesh. And I remember him sitting back and thinking, they're saying, I agree with Bill. We're going to tell the people. Ended up, left the meeting, walked out. I'm sitting there with all of my former friends. <laughs> I believe it had an effect on our relationship for the rest of my time there. But I didn't care. I've learned over the years, if you care about the feelings of people, and that sounds very scriptural, you will eventually inhibit yourself from being used by God because you won't want to hurt their feelings, but you can't ever be concerned about anything other than walking by faith, doing what God tells you, not thinking about how it will be received. The minute you begin to think about how will this be received, you are opening the door to becoming double-minded. And there are many people that are there today that are double-minded. Double-minded people have pulled away from the wisdom of God and they're going to be very unstable. And we're going to look in the book of James right now because we have a lot of unstable people who should not be unstable. We should be very stable. What does the book of James say about it? That a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. <clears throat> it eventually affects everything. How many of you have had that happen? You know, you start out one way and then you keep going backward and pretty soon... He backs you up so far that you can't even remember what was the first thing that he got you to back up for. And uh, that says in Isaiah 33, 6, you can write that down, that wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of your times. Yep. <clears throat> so we, we need the wisdom of God and the stability will come from that. Look at James <clears throat> chapter 1, verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Now, this is how you have the perfect will of God. You know that your decision-making process and your future is in the hand of God. So you lack wisdom in every situation unless you've heard from God. We are all creatures of habit. Some people are creatures of making immediate decisions. Decision-making is important, but nothing is more important than having the wisdom of God in a decision. Certainly, there's a difference to going out and buying a shirt, and you buy white, blue, or red, or green, or whatever. Uh, the margin of error is very nil there. 
But wisdom comes from asking God, and I believe God wants to be involved in everything that we do. I've seen some people with shirts on, they should have asked God first. Now, in verse, <laughs> verse number six, but let him ask. Now listen to this, this is the key to faith. But let him ask in faith without doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let that man not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is double. Now listen to this. This is where a lot of people in the body of Christ are today. He is double-minded and unstable in all of his ways. What makes a person double-minded and unstable? They're entertaining thoughts that contradict the Word of God in their life. And honey, I'll, I'll end with this and you can finish up and clean it all up. But when I used to counsel people, I'll still counsel people, but nobody wants to be counseled by me. But when I, I'll talk to them, and they'll tell me what they're doing wrong. And I'll say, you, you, what are you going to do about it? Well, I, I can't stop. It's happened not too long ago in a situation. And, and it's like, duh. If you're brought face to face with, I'm doing this wrong, and I know I'm doing this wrong, and you're not going to change, you will be double-minded and unstable in all of your ways. Think about that. Unstable in all of your ways, decision-making processes, all sorts of things, and your focus will be upon that thing you're doing wrong that you know you're doing wrong and you feel convicted of it every time you do it, and then you turn right around and try to get stable, but the Word of God says you will be unstable in all of your ways. Yeah, and I think we have a lot of people that are very unstable today. And uh, what just was, I was thinking, it just was coming to me that the more, the more that you allow yourself to be questioned in your faith, the more unstable you become. Yep. But also, the more hardened in your heart you become to hearing the truth. And pretty soon, a lie can be so convincing, it becomes the truth. Mm -hmm. And then you have an totally unstable people. They don't know they're unstable. They now think that they're okay and they're unstable because they have meditated too long the lie of the enemy. Do you know when uh, torment comes, you have to get rid of torment one way or the other. You, you know, people can't function in torment. So eventually they have to give in to what they're tormented by or they have to get the truth and fight their way out. Yeah. And I've seen a lot of people in the body of Christ who succumbed to, <clears throat> is that how you say that, succumbed to um, just meditating that torment so long and not fighting to get out of it and, and saying it's a lie, using faith to get themselves out that they finally just yield and then the enemy brings more lies that attach to that and they become totally unstable but they believe they're totally right i think that's what we have in our nation right now we have a huge instability in our nation and that's why people are being a man was just beaten half to death out in portland or seattle one of them mm -hmm. uh, and nobody did anything to the people <clears throat> who did that to him listen that's instability that is instability right there and that's because there's been such a force of, of people who are not living the truth that they know to be truth anymore, and they're totally becoming 
to where it's okay. I mean, people watch that on the news and say, isn't that terrible? But nobody's doing anything. I even heard them say on the news, the mayor said, yes, that was an awful situation. But then they said, but he didn't do anything about it. That's instability. That's people that are unstable. And when you get enough people unstable running things, then there's a real challenge. And so we, as the body of Christ, have to take a stand now and begin to say, this is truth. This is truth. That's right. And we're standing on the truth. That's right. We walk by faith and not by sight. We are believing the truth of the word of God over a lie that the enemy has perpetrated in our nation, which is a result of what's in families. Yeah. Because the Lord has always shown me nothing can go further than the family. <coughs> if it gets in the family, it will get into the people yep. in the nation. It will eventually become the leader. And that's what my husband's talking yep. about. The 60s, all of the instability is now the leadership that are 40s and 50s and 60s up there. And it's, 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 it's a generation of confusion. There is a generation of confusion in the 40s to 60-year-olds right now. And those are the people that are raising children, have raised children, that now are going right. to start being the people who are going to be voted for and making the voting decisions. Everybody say, we win. So yeah. we overcome by the word of the Lamb, yeah. by, by the, the blood of Jesus, and not loving our lives even unto death. And that, that is the part, I believe, that's by faith. We have to begin to take our position and speak by faith and not by sight. And it will be, there will be persecution, there will be things, but the truth yeah. will always be operated on by God. So when we speak truth, there's a force that goes in operation. It's not going to be us. It's going to be the Spirit of God. But he has to use what we say. That's why he said, watch what you say. Say what I say. Do what I do. And, but he will show up. He will always show up. I believe that with all my heart. When we take our position. So, Father, we thank you tonight for faith. We thank you for the covenant we're in. Because that's the covenant that made it possible yes. to walk by faith and not by sight. That's the covenant that said... I am yoked with you. You are in a yoke with me. Yes. Therefore, you are at rest. But you do your part, and we do our part, Lord, by speaking, by praying, by standing in the gap. There are watchmen on the walls everywhere across this nation. Yes. There are watchmen. Yes. There are watchwomen in positions in families that are speaking truth and believing truth. And if you're out there tonight and there's instability in your house, there's a way to fix that. Put your house on the rock the foundation of the truth of the word of God, begin to decree it in your home, begin to speak it over your children, begin to speak it over those that you have association with, that you are stum yes. stumbling and falling, yes. that are unstable. Begin to speak the word of God over them and bring them back yes. to a place of stability. We are never too far lost that God cannot rescue us. And I thank you, Lord, that you are rescuing. You are rescuing the perishing. And we are the people who stand in that gap. I pray for you tonight. If you don't know Jesus, Jesus loves you. He has a plan for your life. He has an action plan for your life, a way for you to go and move and have your being yes. that will help you get free, help you walk in the principles of the kingdom of God and know you are not too far gone. No one is too far That's removed right. from what God has for them that God cannot rescue, restore, and put you back in position. Yes. In Jesus' name, we bind you, devil. We take authority right. over uh, the lives of uh, our loved ones. We yeah. take authority over the lives 
of those that are being deceived even right now in yes. the name of Jesus and believing a truth that's a lie in the name of yeah. Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that you are working as we speak. You are working. You are using the words of our mouth, yeah. the power that comes with it, the decree that we can make as believers to speak those things that are not as though they were. We thank you, Father, that you are working on that word. You are using that word, and we are faithful. Lord, help us to be faithful, to walk in this faith that you have given us. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. And I believe the Lord wants you to know tonight that just because you cannot see it or have not seen it is no reason to lay aside your faith. Pick up that shield of faith. Pick it up because it is able to quench the fiery darts of the devil and begin to speak what you know you should be speaking and let go of those lies that the devil's trying yes. to speak to you or show you yeah. in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. You know, all of you here tonight know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Uh, you know, Pam made reference to it there, but maybe somebody out there is watching tonight. You have never actually confessed Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Let's pray this prayer right now. Jesus. Jesus. I believe that you're the Son of God. I believe that you're the Son of God. I believe that you died for my sins. I believe that you died for my sins. I've sinned and I've made mistakes. I've sinned and I've made mistakes. But tonight. But tonight. I acknowledge you. I acknowledge you. As my Lord and Savior. As my Lord and Savior. I ask you to come into my heart. I ask you to come into my heart. Take control of my life. Take control of my life. The true desire of my heart. The true desire of my heart. Is to serve you. Is to serve you. And to be all that you've called me to be. And be all that you've called me to be. The Word of God says the truth will set you free. Yes. And once you know the truth, you are on an assignment from Almighty God. And that every day is a new day to get up and thank God for Jesus. And that know that this is the day the Lord has made. And that we will be, and let's all say it together, we will be, we will be. steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Knowing our labor is not in vain. Go and be blessed. This is the day God has made. God has great and mighty things for each 